everybody, welcome back to Players, Creators, Procrastinators. My name is Tanner Sherlock. My name is Aaron Leal. I haven't said my last name yet, so... I've never actually heard... Like, I don't know if I've ever heard you say your last name before. Yes, it's Aaron Leal. Um, last episode, we had Brennan on, which is our mutual friend and mutual judge. And he um, sort of judged both of our tabletop RPG concepts. Um, and he chose Aaron's. And we chose Aaron's. Aaron Leal's. Um, which was an um, elite team of... Um, disaster fighters. Disaster fighters yeah. fighting disasters. Um, and, yeah, so we worked on it a little bit. Um, and we have, some, we have some work to present. Yes. So the, the first thing we're talking about, I guess, in this episode is the... Core mechanic that the, we came up with. Yeah. The core mechanic because um, in... S- like D&D, yes. you roll dice, um, but we've decided to go a different route. Yeah, so um, Core Mechanic obviously um, has a few different definitions. Um, I mean, it can mean a few different things. So for us, we're when we say Core Mechanic, we're referring to the way in which um, the game decides the outcome of challenges and events. Mm-hmm. So... Um, like Aaron said, in Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, a lot of different RPGs, that's rolling dice. Um, but we went, like Aaron said, a different route. We chose to use playing cards. Yes. And I have them here with me right now. Watch this. Oh, Aaron has a, has a deck of playing cards. I did not know about this. Bubba Gump Shrimp Company Gumpin? Gumpisms? <laughs> what the hell are you? Um, what the fuck? So <laughs> Wait, aren't those from Forrest Gump? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so what I have are Bubba Gump um, playing cards um, that have printed on them different sayings from the movie um, Forrest Gump. What the fuck, Aaron? Um, I, brought I didn't this know this was happening until right now. Specifically to... Stupid is as stupid does. That's, that's the Joker card. <laughs> God damn it. Um, because while I, was, while I was thinking about this as a, as a concept and a mechanic... It helped a lot to have a, a deck of cards with me. Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, so that I could actually draw and, and see what it feels like to have the cards. Mm-hmm. But the only thing in my fucking house was <laughs> Bubba Gump playing cards with fucking quotes from the movie Forrest Gump on them. <laughs> can I see some? Yes. I just want to read a couple of these out. Ace. This is the Ace card. There's an awful lot you can tell about a person by their shoes. <laughs> Seven. What does normal mean anyway? Number eight, don't let anybody tell you they're better than you. <laughs> is that from the movie Forrest Gump? I, hey, dude, I haven't actually finished hey, Forrest Gump ever. Don't let anybody tell you they're better. Thanks. Aaron. Anyways, um, I just wanted to bring that out to surprise you. I, I appreciate the surprise. It was a nice one. So the core mechanic that we came up with. Yeah. Yes. Um, the core mechanic is, so in in like the Indian Pathfinder, you, you roll dice to beats sort of like a set number, right? So if you wanted to... One would call that a difficulty dice. Yes. Um, so if you wanted to um, like scale like the side of a, of a, a mountain or something, uh, maybe you have to roll like 15 or higher, and then you would just roll dice for that. Um, or scale a wall or something like that. You'd roll like an acrobatics check or athletics or whatever and, you know. And then see if you succeed. So you succeed or fail depending on what you roll. Yep. But instead of doing that, we're going to have cards. So I can explain it, yes. So um, how we're thinking the mechanic works is that players are 
dealt cards based off of their power level, whatever, however we end up quantifying that. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's levels, maybe it's its own skill, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, So each player gets dealt uh, like a a certain amount of cards, um, and they have a skill modifier as well, so you do have skills and whatnot in the game. Right. Um, And so uh, players play their cards based off of the challenge rating that the um, game master gives them. Mm -hmm. Um, The Game master can like set a specific, um, you know, difficulty. Say like um, the dungeon master is like, hey, uh, this is like a ten difficulty thing. Like it's mm-hmm. ten. It's like ten. You have to beat a ten to like get over this wall. Mm-hmm. And um, the player's like, okay, I have a plus four in wall b- climbing. <laughs> so they have to play at least a six, right, from their hand or more or above, right, in order to like, accomplish the task. And they mm-hmm. can combine cards, obviously, from their hand and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the DM can also, in turn, um, add their own cards to the difficulty level. I'm still not crazy about that. I'll be honest with you. That's okay. So, yes. Because, like, it seems kind of shitty if you're like, I want to do this thing, and they're like, all right, just, you know, beat a five, and you put down a six, and they're like, you know what? Fuck you. Beat a 10. Like, right, right. So that uh, we, we talked about this. We can, yeah, we can get into this later, but like a little more later. But like I I had a problem with it too because it creates such an antagonistic relationship between DM and player, and that's yeah. dangerous. Um, in my opinion, most I, a, generally a game master is meant to facilitate narrative, not to antagonize the player. Yeah. They right. sh- it shouldn't be, like, us versus them. Exactly. In most cases, unless you are playing a very competitive style of game, which is fine, mm-hmm. but that's not... You don't. You want to allow that to happen, but you don't want to force that to happen, you know? You want choice. Right. But the core mechanic is there's a number, you want to beat it, you use um, cards. The other thing that Tanner brought up was deck manipulation. Um... So, like, you know, a normal deck cards is, like, 52 or something, and then there's, like, four of each um, four of each one, right? There's four aces and four ones or whatever, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, wait, one is, one is an ace. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> there can't be four aces and four ones. I mean, there, I didn't, Okay, so I didn't know much about cards. I had to ask my bartender um, <laughs> like, how many of each card there was. It's um, pretty moron. So I'm going based solely on what the bartender said. But there's four of each one of them. Um, but we talked about deck manipulation. Yeah, so, like, say, um, since there's four in each deck, like, the idea is, like, a two isn't that great, right? If you don't want to be dealt, like, a two, really, because that's such a low number, like, there's no point in having that. So maybe Mm -hmm. instead, um, you get, like, a skill or you do something where, like, all of the twos or, like, a bunch of the twos are taken out of the deck, so you have less of a chance of getting a two. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, like, kind of what we're doing right now is just playing with what mechanics we can make around this deck of cards thing. There's mm-hmm. nothing, like, hard and fast that we're, like, gonna do. These yeah. are just ideas, right? Like, all we know for certain is deck of cards, and that's the, the core mechanic. Yeah, and that you play against a number mm-hmm. um, using the, the hand you have. Right. And everything else, like, what um, like what significance um, the numbers could mean, or what significance maybe like two hearts could mean to a character um, when played at the same time is all up in the air. Like um, in D&D, when you roll a 20 on an attack roll, you crit and you do like double damage or whatever, right? 
Um, so there could be something like that where if you have like one of each suit in your hand and you play it all, maybe your your powers are amplified or something. Um, so it's it's really it's really up in the air because there's there's so many things you can do with a deck of cards because it's like there's suits, there's numbers, there's you know like poker combos. There's it's just a very versatile like mechanic, right? Like way to pl- do the mechanic. You know what I mean? It's so fucking cool, guys. Yeah, decks of cards are fascinating. I told Aaron this, like, decks of cards are so interesting to me because they're so old, but they are such good game-making tools. Like, you know Yeah, I mean? there's so many games you could do with a deck of cards. Like... And it's literally just a deck of cards. There's no, like, programming. There's no, like... Like, really, like, there's very little language involved. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you just change the rules based on what you want to do. Exactly. And, like... Yeah, it's fascinating. Like I could, we could get into a whole discussion about it, but that's for another time. Um, the other thing, on top of deck manipulation that I brought up um, earlier today, was that um, something that me and my friend Stacy talked about was that um, every character should have their own deck because, um, just like in other tabletop games, how you have your own dice and your own set of your set of stuffs, right? Um, if you have your own deck that you bring to the table, mine would be this um, very fashionable Bubba Gump um, deck of playing cards. I'd hate you as a DM. <laughs> um, then maybe the skills, um, they only affect your deck, right? So if I take out all the 10s in my deck for a specific reason or, like, you know, that's, that's a buff for me, um, then that's awesome. It would suck if we were all sharing the same deck um, and having, like, conflicting... Um, skill trees or like conflicting um, end goals for our deck. Like maybe I want my deck to be entirely hearts for some reason, and I'm you know I'm trying to build my deck around that and taking out different cards. But you're trying to like, you know, trying to get clubs. So it doesn't really make sense for us to work from the same deck um, with how heavy the editing will be. And you know, our skill trees will sort of be like that, where you're um, you go down a path and you're editing your deck as you go, so that when you draw you you're doing your your moves better you're you're interacting right. with characters with higher success right mm-hmm. um yeah um so yeah that's what we're thinking right now we are going to keep working on it obviously there's more to do but we kind of just wanted to lay a groundwork so that we can build from there right mm-hmm. um so another mechanic we talked about is being judged based off of your performance of fighting the disaster um so like uh, we can talk more about this later, but we didn't want it to be about the number of people you saved because that gets weird. Um, oh, yeah. So if you were rewarded based on how many people you saved um, or didn't save and you were, like, assigning values to people, like, oh, I saved 20 people and I got $20. That's yeah, pretty sick. Like, monetary value might not be the way to go, but, like, maybe experience or something like that maybe is worth considering because that's a lot less, you know, horrible. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to assign, like, the value of a human life to, like, your performance. Like, like the monetary value because that's really shitty. Right. And, like, like horrible to even think about. So, and it's also shitty if you were like, oh, like, um, you saved the wealthy guy downtown, and but you lost a thousand lives in the slums. But, <laughs> hey, you made up that money with that one wealthy guy. And you're like, well, that's really weird. Um, that's weird, but hey, I got the experience. Exactly, and so we don't want that to happen because that sends all sorts of horrible signals to players and God, yeah. So Mm -hmm. we want your performance to be judged in some way, um, 
and it, I think a way more like unique than what a game we Dungeons and Dragons is always going to be like the thing we go back to because it's the easiest and people know what it is. But mm-hmm. like in D and D, you just get experience. You know what I mean? That's your performance review, basically. Right. And so a more detailed one might be interesting, especially since you know this is a very high stakes situation. There are a lot of people involved, etc. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, um, yeah, like we're going to probably do a performance review mechanic, but we're not sure exactly how yet. Again, just laying the groundwork so we can start building off, you know? Right. Um, how you develop in the game is important. Exactly. Um, is that tied to the tiers that we talked about? We can go over the tier system, yeah. Because um, it's closely related, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Do you want to take that one? Sure. So... Um, like there should be a system for getting rewards based on your performance and how well you do, right? Or how well um, the morale, how high the morale was at the end of your um, your mission or whatever, right? Um, and we also talked about having a tier system for gameplay. So in our games, you know, you start at low level, you don't really do much, you don't do shit, and you and you level up, and then you can impact things in in, in better ways. Um, and so with a tier system, within the organization that you work for, the one that's judging you, the one that is sending you on these missions, um, there would be a tier system for basically like what disasters you are dealing with. So like the bottom tier of people like the DF squads or whatever that are still new to the organization, you know, wouldn't deal with things that aren't, you know, that aren't that crazy. They would just be, like, in small towns and, like, cities, like, dealing with small floods and small fires or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, BC tier or whatever is, like, okay, you're you're dealing with, like, maybe, like, a whole state. Hold on. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Um, and, like, the ramifications of that, right? <laughs> and then um, for, like, S tier, like, A tier, um, once you, like, level up or get to that point, then, you know, you're dealing with, like, holy shit, this whole country is, like... Fucked. Fucked up. Like, there was a meteor shower last night, broke up barely upon impact, and we got disasters, like, across the country. Then, like, that's a higher level of gameplay. And higher, like, ideally your your skills at that point can help you deal with that. Um, so, yeah, the tier system. So yeah. you, you start low with dealing with low issues... And then as you move up in the organization to become, like, a better group, um, you deal with um, tougher things. Right. And we also want, like, a tier system to kind of be a reoccurring, like, thing in the game, right? Like, it's not just a, um, like, the level of the players, but it's also, like, the tiers of the disasters that you're dealing with. Like, how bad is it? Can you reduce the tiers so that it's, you know, easier to deal with? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason for this is because, at least in my opinion... Tiers are a much uh, more, a much smoother and more organic way to do um, difficulty and leveling up. Because like in Dungeons and Dragons, there's a hard number where you're like, I need to get to this, and then things will be exactly this hard, and it's more detailed. Right. But it's like why? It's kind of arbitrary. Mm-hmm. But um, in a tier-based system, you, it makes more sense. Like story-wise, because like, like in Dungeon Dragons, if I'm a level 18 fighter fighting a level 20 dragon, it's like, well, I'm screwed. Even though he's two levels higher than me, it's kind of like, why is mm-hmm. why is that the number? You know what I mean? So this tier system, in right. theory, facilitates like an easier time with that stuff. Yes. So like, S tier, um, 
you know, hero, uh, master, bender, whatever, whatever it's called, um, versus an S tier disaster. Um, oh yeah, that that the disasters we also talked about like mixing disasters for adding yes, adding yes. complications. Yeah. yeah. So like like A tier would be like one crazy disaster like um, like uh, the highest level tornado, but then. Um, the S tier, like fire uh, tornado. <laughs> yeah, like like mixing um, a firestorm or like a wildfire with the tornado to make um, things that should not be in existence. And like fire tornado shouldn't exist, but S tier deals with it. <laughs> and you're fucked if you deal with it. And you're fucked. So um, higher tiers also mean you're not only dealing with larger scale, but um, mixed disasters, so like avalanche mix, mixed with like, oh fuck, what could an avalanche mix with? I don't uh, know. Uh, like a lightning storm or something like that, which or like um, avalanche lightning meteor storm. meteor shower, um, <laughs> whatever. It's arbitrary. The point is like just oil spill things. tsunami. Exactly. That was so you're on fire <laughs> and you're drowning. Um, so yeah, the complications that arise from that worse. stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's the tiers of gameplay. Um, the add difficulty. There is um, tiers or like stages for like um, disasters. So instead of having um, a number for your health or your level, um, they it would just be stages. So you, what did you mention earlier for health? Um, so yeah, instead of like uh, that, the fire is at like 150 out of 200 health. It's like like there's like different severities. Like there are different tiers instead. So it like there's no like fixed number that you have to attack. So the fire is like like burning miles like long, then like the next tier down is like, you know, it's per- burning pretty solidly and then next one's like it's getting under control, like mm-hmm. it's get, like at least getting under control. The next is like it's getting like put out and reduced. The next one is it's like limited to a very small area now and then mm-hmm. it's gone. Like that sort of thing. That was arbitrary and off the top of my head, but like right. something like that. So, um, yeah, instead of numbers, like 105, it's, like, catastrophic, severe, abnormal, normal, whatever. It's, like, yeah, exactly. it's, it's just stages that you're working towards. Like, we, we want to work towards taking this tornado down a notch so that it's a normal tornado and not a catastrophic one. Because yeah. right now it's ripping the shit out of those houses. Because something I noticed in D&D a lot is, like, what, do you, what is, like, 100, 120 health look like? You know what I mean? Like, does it look like... A little bit bruised does it look like a few really bad cuts like it's kind of arbitrary I, I keep using that word arbitrary but yeah. like it like it doesn't there's no like solid like tangible connection to the narrative but tears by like at least by the definition that we're basically using do have a solid connection to the narrative and like affect how the story goes you, do you know what i mean yeah so it just makes it easier to visualize yeah um because there's descriptions for like um the stages of disasters or the stages of your health. Um, Aaron keeps me in check because sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I'm making sense. Am I just like talking like nonsense? And then I'm like, Aaron, does this make sense? Am I am I dumb? No, you're good. <laughs> you're good. That's why we work. Um, but we should probably talk about Castle Falkenstein. Yes. Right? Well, we can a second. Okay, right. Sorry. Because I want to talk about the point by system. Oh, the point by system. Okay. Yes. And then we so, go to desperation. So we we talked about the um, the core mechanic, which is um, cards yep. and um, deck manipulation. We talked about um, sort of like the tiers you're going through 
and within the organization. And the being judged on performance. Being judged on performance. About. So the last like solid like mechanic that we want is a point by system for your skills and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron, this was more what? your huh? like you yeah. started this idea. <laughs> like you brought this idea to the table. I did. So yes, you do you not remember? I I do. So do you want to explain why you cho- you wanted this and why I agreed with you? All right, here's the deal. So with a point by system, um, it allows more um, customizability um, because if you had to um, like draw or like um, roll for your stats and. Um, you got a shitty draw, like you drew a two, and you're like, well, I guess I'm dumb as dirt, right? Then that sucks, right? But like, maybe you didn't want your character to be like that. But with point buy, you... Can customize it however you want. You can yeah. make a dumb character. Like, you can, you can do whatever you want for your character. You can, like, make them um, like you buy some points into this skill so they're, like, pretty strong. A uh, few into here because you don't want them to be too smart. And then a few here because you want them to be not smart, but like very social. Like they're very likable, their charisma or whatever. So point by allows more customizability. And yeah, and we don't want it to just be in like stats. We also want skills. So like, you know, uh, weapon handling in other games or like, you know, tech, like like manipulation, hacking, like not literally this stuff, but like that mm-hmm. sort of thing where your skills are also bought by points. Yes. Right. So like I was thinking in my head, like um, like Skyrim or Fallout, where there's like um, there's like a set th- like a set tree where you can go down, um, and as you further your skills or you you know, buy more skills, um, you get better at that thing, right? Um, so you don't just lock into a character that's like preset. That's like, oh, this character can only do um, charisma and strength, and that's all they can do. Because it's like, okay, well, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. So with point by. Um, you know, you can you can customize it more and do like you know what I want strength and I want this too, and um, point it point by it just it just works. Yeah, I, I think like you said allows for more customization, which also means that it's harder to do as a new player because there's so many options. You're just like, what the hell am I doing? Yes. Um, so with this much customizability, mm-hmm. now we like that, but new players. Don't know what the fuck is going on. But we've solved this issue, as has other games in the past. Yes. By doing... Preset character classes sort of thing. Right? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was just making sure. I was like, this is what we're going for? Um, So, for example, in... um, Oh, my God. I forget the name of the game. There's a superhero game that is based, like, on points. It's a point-by system for Mm. powers, uh, stats, whatever. Like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they do in that game, at least, is that they give you, like, example characters. Like, they don't give you the background, the history, the personality. They just give you, like, stat blocks. Or, mm-hmm. like, they show you, like, if you want to make, like, a vigilante kind of like Batman, mm-hmm. you can, like, do this and put all your points here. And this is what it looks like, right? right. Or if you want to play a character like the Atom, like, mm-hmm. this is where you put your points. This is what that looks like. Right. And so us doing that. Like a lot, like they do, it gives us like a chance to kind of teach players, or at least give them like a, a outline to which they can create their character. Right, because with this much customizability, character creation can take a while. Because sometimes you load up a game, and especially recently, they've gone fucking crazy with like 
how you can look, um, like <laughs> yeah. the customizability of your like wardrobe and your face and like, it gets crazy how it, much you can do. I love shit like that though. <laughs> I know, so do I, which yeah, is- it's the best. So, and we're allowing that sort of, um, that customizability, but on those games, there's usually a, like a randomized button. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or like, um, or like preset character looks like, oh, this is just white dude with brown hair. And it's like, oh yeah, it's me. Exactly. You know? yeah. So, um, you know, the same idea, but for tabletops, which is they give you a, you know, a sheet of paper or whatever that says, um, this is how you can be, um, you know, good with fire, or this is how you can be, um, like you said, like th- this specific yeah. superhero, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, now we already kind of touched on this. Mm-hmm. Did um, we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we, we, uh, we thought it'd be fun each episode if we could talk about the inspirations for what we've talked about in the episode, like all the mechanics, the ideas, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also want to talk about some of the challenges that we experienced um, oh. as we did our work. Yes. Because there were some. Yes. There will always be some. Uh, uh, let's start with inspirations that we had. Yes. Uh, the inspiration for the core mechanic was a game that I found on Wikipedia called uh, Castle Falkenstein. Um, which is a, the only one that I could find that uses cards to um, figure out what happened in the game and to resolve conflict. Dust Devils does it too, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dust Devils that yeah. you mentioned so several times. times. Yes. Dust Devils uses poker hands. Um, I think it's so badass. <laughs> to, to figure out if you, like, swayed somebody or if you hit something or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Yeah, that's that was that was the the main takeaway. And also, I forgot. Uh-huh. So there's called this Castle Falkenstein, which is um, its own cool ass thing. There is um, Dust Devils, which is its own vacuum ass thing. Shut and up. then um, I've also the reason why I like it so much is because I've been playing um, like Yu Gi Oh and Hearthstone, and I really really love um, just right. drawing cards and and like putting together a combo for the future or, like, um, finding the perfect card in this situation, right? You know, that perfect top deck. Um, that's always really appealing to me because having a physical deck that you could just... What's this? Oh. You just an, activated my trap card. <laughs> like, like <laughs> an eight of clubs or, like, oh, Exodia? It's like... I don't know what the fuck that is. You don't know what Exodia is? No. That's from Yu-Gi-Oh, bro. I don't play Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, my God. I literally just know that one joke that I just made. <sighs> okay. And that, like, cyberpunk, like, dystopian anime that there was with the dude with, like, the black hair and gold. Digimon? Like... No. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no. The Yu-Gi-Oh show where, like, the dude has, like, black hair and, like, Like gold. GX? I don't know. No, we don't have to look this up. We don't have to look this up. Who fucking cares? Um, Yu-Gi-Oh GX. Is that what it's called? I don't know. But... Um, yeah, finding the perfect answer to a situation by drawing a card has always been really cool. And so using Castle Falkenstein and um, Dust Devils as, like, other inspirations as a card-based engine yeah. for a role-playing game is uh, a super fucking cool. Yeah, I, um, oh, yeah, you'll notice that the system we have right now is very much similar to the way Castle Falkenstein deals with it. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're probably going to change some things around. We just liked that idea and want to run with it. We're definitely going to change the, like, we're going to add our own spin on a few things, like change how, like, deck manipulation, for example. Yeah. Um, 
stuff like that. There's going to be some like intricacies to our system, I think, that we yeah. will add as time goes on. Like Falkenstein didn't have deck manipulation. Mm-hmm. Falkenstein also had where like um, like heart was for like um, a specific skill. Like your hearts were just like um, charisma or something, which is um, not the route we're going. Yeah. So we're we're just taking the idea of cards. Um, and, and going with it, and we're going to see what happens. Um, right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, that was um, kind of what we were looking at for our um, uh, card mechanic. Um, for being judged on performance. Um, yes, this is all you. Yeah, this was my idea, um, and it was kind of based off of a couple things. Um, I play a lot of Devil, Devil May Cry, and I love me some Devil May Cry, and at the end of each combat encounter, they judge you like, or during, I guess, each combat encounter, they judge you based off of your style, mm-hmm. like how cool your combo looked, basically. Nice. Um, so that was kind of, like, I've always had that, like, concept in the back of my mind, at least for the past couple of months, and I wanted to put that into a game. But also, um, XCOM um, sort of does this thing where, like... Yes. You, it's not a, it's not that you're being judged on your performance, Okay, it is actually. So in XCOM 1 especially, I haven't played much of XCOM 2, but I played a good amount of XCOM 1, and you get judged based off of your performance like in like integrals, right? So like mm-hmm. um, in the game, like you're part of, you're like the leader of this organization that has support from all these different countries, right? And you're trying to like balance like the interest of all these different countries and do mm-hmm. well by them. And so that was a really interesting idea to me. Um, <clears throat> and we're dealing with similar like big event stuff. So I was like, what about a mechanic where you get judged based off, off of how well you're dealing with this stuff? Right. Um, we're not, like I said earlier, we're not sure exactly how we're going to integrate it yet, but I see a lot of possibilities and I think it's going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, those are my main two ex- inspirations for that. The point by system. Point by system. We talked, so Aaron talked a bit about his, which was Fallout and Skyrim sort of thing. Yeah, that was my my, my main inspirations yeah. when I was like picturing skill trees and whatnot and and point by and going your own route. So, yeah, and I pictured um, the Shadowrun video games especially because that's what I'm more familiar with regarding Shadowrun. I haven't played too much of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Shadowrun video games um, have, like, a point-by system for creating your character, and I thought it was really cool. Um, It's my, like, main, like, frame of reference for that sort of thing. And so that's where I'm kind of, like, coming at with my, from at least my perspective. Challenges. Oh, Yeah. I mean, the challenges with each one, so... Well, I mean, I think just challenges in general. Like, the challenges that we dealt with as we were working on these mechanics. I don't think mm-hmm. there needs to be a specific order to this because not all of them were as challenging as others. Um, challenges. So, for... Okay. For one major thing that I have noticed as a reoccurring challenge for us is trying to tie narrative and theme into mechanics because... Like, we have cool ideas for mechanics. I, I think we do, at least. I mm-hmm. think we have some pretty cool ideas for mechanics. But it's hard to marry that with theme and, um, you know, like I said, narrative as a designer, right? Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that all of those tie into each other on some level, but you also don't want to make the game not fun to play. Because mm-hmm. you can easily focus on, like, one or two, and then one part of the game is lacking, and you're like, well... Now it's not fun, or now it's not interesting, or now, like, there's nothing to do. Like if we focused on the theme of people dying. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, well, and then you're focusing on, like, the numbers and, like, 
you know, people's lives. And, and it's like, yeah, it gets, oh, it, it gets worse get and worse. Yeah. So, like, just trying to, like, keep that balance of theme, narrative, and mechanic um, mm-hmm. has been pretty tough. Like, even just starting out, it'll probably... I hope it'll get easier as time goes on. We also <laughs> will gain more experience and we'll have a better feel for it as we go. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's something I noticed we dealt with a lot. At least that's what we talked about a lot was that sort of thing. Also, as yes. a uh, as the student of a very uh, focused theorist practitioner, uh-huh. um, it is <laughs> it is tough to manage. To like to be to keep that in mind to keep like um the theory uh, in mind when you're doing. Why is it tough? It's it's because like I'm always like, but but does it does does this, does this mean this? Am oh, I saying so... <laughs> this by doing this? So you're you're constantly question. It's like it's like you're writing a book and you're like you're the professor in 50 years analyzing yourself exactly like literally so yeah you're, exactly. you come up with an idea and you're like but what do they really mean by this yeah i'm like what do i mean by this like what value does this hold it's like i don't it doesn't hold value i want to be able to throw rocks like i just want <laughs> right. i want exactly. to do that it doesn't hold any value exactly like some days it's worse than others cuz like you know it's eventually you just get a feel for it but right now i'm just like but but what if but is this saying this? I don't want to be saying this, and it's kind of saying this. But is it really? Is that how people would see it? Yeah. So yeah, I, I just that's a that's a trouble I've had recently. Um, at least just working on this game specifically. I get that. Um, I I'm sure there have been challenges. I think the most thing that comes to mind when I think challenges is um, having a lot of ideas, um, but some of them. They just don't fucking matter. They're just yeah. they're just cool ideas, but they they're just like on tangents, like tangents on tangents. And so your mind starts to wonder, you're like, oh, but this mechanic leads to this, and like this, and, and this, this, and it's so cool. But wait a minute, wait, the game's huge. Yeah, wait, hold on. Yeah, wait, hold on. And wait, this like, but is that even possible with this other mechanic that I have? Yeah, yeah. It happens um, all the time. My I think just thinking about too many things is a challenge for me. Um, yeah, it's definitely tough, and you want to, like, make the best game ever, but, like, you know, you also have to temper yourself and, you know, balance things. Make sure you don't do too much or focus too much on something. I should know by Cookie Clicker that, um, <laughs> I should know by Cookie Clicker that um, simple works, and I don't need every single fucking thing from every RPG. I hate cookie clickers. I You are the second person this week to be like, I love this game. That's basically just a cookie, cookie I clicker. I didn't say I love cookie clickers. You just... You just... What? Were you listening to me when I was talking? Yeah, you said you learned something from cookie clickers. I mean... I learned. I don't love them. Okay. I'm saying... I mean, You're I could right. have chosen Pong. I'm saying that simplicity... You love Pong now. I love... Okay, I do love Pong. Yeah, okay, Pong's fine. I'm saying that simplicity um, is important, and the main challenge I have of overthinking uh, mechanics or overthinking characters or overthinking um, what cards could... um, Is that sometimes I just try idea and stick with it and, um, you know, just keep, keep, keep it simple, stupid. Here's the thing about challenges that you should know. Um, we're already going on a different a different route than we originally planned. Exactly. We're already like second guessing ourselves and like being like, "Oh God, what have we done?" <laughs> like, yeah. You need we, you, just remember, like, 
you know, it's okay to second guess yourself. We've done it a lot. We've been like, but what if we did it like a board game for like we did that for like a second or like what if we changed the entire game's premise to a related thing, mm-hmm. but not the same thing. Yes. And so you just need to be careful of that. Like, just be like, hey, like, you know, that's okay. If you want to do that, just make a good game. Like, that's what you should focus on. Oh, yeah. Let's just make a good game. No, but like, <laughs> no, but doing what's right for the game. If you're like, this idea that I have sucks, but I've already put work into it. Be like, that's okay. Like, you can either salvage it, which is fine, or you can just be like, hey, it's okay to start over. That's cool. That's fine. Scrap it. Let's do something else. Yeah, exactly. Just do whatever, like, first of all, we do whatever you want, because, like, as long as you're not hurting anybody, it doesn't matter. Dating simulator role-playing game, starting now. Um, this is episode one. Yeah, exactly. It's we're, we're scrapping tabletop idea. Uh, let's let's date um, let's date fire alarms. All right, we're going back to elite <laughs> response because that was the worst thing I've ever. Heard. <laughs> and see, we scrapped that idea. We're back to salvaging the. No, other wait. Hand. Let's go back to it. So the fire alarms, <laughs> and then when they're blushing, the like red light turns on. You know how like when there's a battery, right? And so <laughs> and sex. The red light <laughs> and during sex. No, don't go this route. Are you talking about the beeping? Yes. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is Player Creators <laughs> and Procrastinators. <laughs> Welcome back. We're going to talk about something that's not fire alarm sex. <laughs> um, research. <laughs> We're going to talk about research. We, um, we want to do research um, in between each episode so that we get some more... Uh, pieces of media into our uh, collective lexicon um, so that we can better, like, um, we have more ideas so we can better work with the whole narrative ideas that we want or have. Yes, so we're going to do some research um, between now and the next episode so we have better ideas. Yes. I just said what you said, but twice. Yeah, it's okay. So (laughs) I want to make it a sort of, like, book club thing where we like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we name what we're gonna do mm-hmm. and the readers can follow along mm-hmm, or the mm-hmm. listeners can rather oh my god readers the listeners can follow along and be like mm-hmm. "Ooh, i watch this too well this guy they're discussing it for a second and then we go into it that's fucking good what did you want to start with which book so uh i don't think it should be a book i think it should be a movie <laughs> okay which movie are we gonna watch um so it's called only the brave it's a firefighting movie Fuck. that's really good um, mm-hmm. I watched it with my friend Kat. Kat, thank you so much. You've already seen it? What's the point of the book club? But <laughs> you need to watch it, and I want to rewatch it, because I am I looked at it from a very um, film, like, analytical point of view, mm-hmm. like a film critic but point of view. But not like, from a gameplay of view. Right, like, how can I, like, make this into a game, or, like, how can I use this to, like, like gamify, you know what I mean? Like, okay. what mechanics can I make out of this? And we're we're only doing, like, one big thing, right? Like, yes. we're not just give, give everybody just a fucking list of homework, right? Exactly. Of course not. That's not what the point of this is. So, I mean, that's what game design is, homework, basically. But. So we're going to watch, and then whoever wants to fucking watch it in the world um, watch during it, the next two weeks. And they'll talk about it. Um, just a little bit. We're not ever movie review. Yeah, yeah. Watch the intro of the movie, just the first ten minutes, and then um, leave it on for about an hour. Uh, an hour and a half? Yeah. Just, and then it'll be over, and then you would have watched it. Exactly. Yeah, perfect. That sounds like a great plan. <laughs> so it's uh, called Only the Brave. Yes. It has, um, oh, my God, the Is guy it? who played Thanos. Um, Dan DeVito? Shut up. It had, <laughs> it had Miles Teller. Um, it had Jeff Bridges somehow. Does it have Will Ferrell? No, it, shut up. It doesn't. It's not a comedy. Shane Tatum. No. Um, it had, 
Sandra Bullock. His name starts with a J, I think. It's going to bother Jason Derulo. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Jason Derulo. That Put out the fire. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so it has, a, it has an actor with a, a J in their name. He played Thanos. I can't believe I can't remember his name. I'm usually so good about names. Jesus Christ. Um... And, and he played Cable in Deadpool, but it doesn't matter. Anyways, um, yeah, so only the It's rape. a firefighting um, Yes, movie. it's a firefighting movie. Um, it's very good. Okay. Um, and we'll be doing this every week. We'll be doing a little bit of research in between every episode just so that we you know, keep building that as we go. Um, oh, yeah, that way you know what we're doing. Exactly. Um, all right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. It's been a fun one. Oh, hold on. Um, I have something for you. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, I didn't know about this. On the same page as research, um, did you know that there is a, a Wendy's tabletop RPG? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, so we talked about that. I've talked about this with my other professors. Uh-huh. But, um, Wendy's made a tabletop RPG about being in, like, a fucking fast food place and, like, saving Wendy's or some shit like that. No, no, no. You got it all wrong. This Wendy's tabletop RPG is basically D&D but reskinned with a bunch of flavor text about like about Wendy's. So like you're like Oh, I got it all wrong. Your class is like the order of the double stack. <laughs> <laughs> and then like or you could be like the order of the spicy chicken sandwich and you have abilities like ooh like fresh never frozen to like to like <laughs> the fuck heal or something. I don't know, but there's like an entire game that like it's very D&D. It's also very uncomfortably Wendy's. That's so funny to me. Um, the important part about this is this uh, is research for me because I'm going to play this game with my friend Stacy and their friends. Oh, how um, fun. And I'm, I'm, I will tell you how the, um, the pros and cons of that game, and I'll basically be reviewing that game. And, um, Perfect. T- you know, what, what takeaway can I take from Wendy's? Okay, cool. So research, only the Brave and the Wendy's tabletop game. I am. I am. Well, yeah. One of them you should you should look at, which is only the brave. Yeah. The other one, don't even fucking try to yeah. look at the 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 book, the classes, the it's literally like forty pages of work, and it's just literally all like shitty puns and <laughs> just it's just a straight Wendy's. It's a ad. meme. It's just a meme. Yeah. I um. This is part of my like um, research for my major is learning how to like. Um, like unique ways to like market using different mediums. So the KFC dating simulator where you date Colonel Sanders mm-hmm. and the Wendy's tabletop game, maybe. And speaking of marketing, you know, in, in that tabletop game, if you get buffs and debuffs based on what you're eating in the real world. So <laughs> oh, if you oh order God. Wendy's. That's fascinating as a gameplay mechanic. What the fuck? If you order Wendy's and you're eating it while you're playing, you get pluses on your rolls Based on what you're eating. So if you're eating fries and, like, a spicy sandwich, you can get, like, plus two to your fucking charisma rolls for the entire campaign while you're eating. That's fantastic, and dude. you get debuffs if you're having, like, pizza or, like, Subway instead. You get, like, negative three That's or something genius. to your strength. Like, that encourages people to buy, like, Wendy's when they play this game, even if it's yes. just for the meme, dude. Yes. That's crazy smart. I mean, it also discourages people from playing if they want to eat other shit, but, like... Whoa. It's fucking crazy as an idea, as a marketing thing. Like, it's... Wendy's? Wendy's. You're crazy. <laughs> Wendy's, 
If you're looking for some sponsorships. Oh, my God. I love Wendy's. I will fucking mention you every damn, like, episode if you want. I have Deep Throat of Frosty. If you... Wait, what? <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Wait, hold um, on. <laughs> uh, this has been Players Creators Procrastinators, um, where our motto is... Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make a game. Yep. Or we're gonna die trying. Die trying. Or no, wait, fuck it. No, it's the other way. We're gonna we're gonna make a game or go bankrupt or die trying. No, it was the other way around. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It was we're gonna make a game or go bankrupt or die trying. That's what it was. Wait a minute. Um, edit right here. Play the first episode. What is what is our motto? We're gonna make a game, uh-huh. or die trying, Whoa. or go bankrupt. Absolutely. See, that's exactly what I fucking said. It's make a game, <laughs> no. or no. No. go bankrupt, no. or die no. trying. No, it's not. It's not you fool. Um, I'm gonna look at our notes. It's too late. I edited that. That's the end of the episode. I already no. edited it. No, you ass. Hey. Okay, um, <laughs> um, yeah, you did. Okay, Look at that shit. I was right. I'd like to make an amendment. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Fine, you say it. <laughs> we're gonna make a game, mm-hmm. or we're gonna die trying, mm-hmm. or Aaron, we're gonna go bankrupt. That's Play the Greatest Practice. If you like us, on subscribe to us on Twitter, Facebook. Show us Tanner. Aaron Leo.